Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity and sin. We all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I've been smoking since I was born, man. I could smoke anything, man. You know, like I smoked that Michoacan, man, Acapulco Gold, man. I even smoked that tight stick, you know? Tight stick? Yeah, you know, that stuff is tied to a stick, you know? Uh, yeah, tight stick. Yeah, that didn't even do nothing to me, man. I could probably smoke this whole joint, man, and still walk away, man. Oh, look at how far we've come. This is Wretched Radio. There was a time not so long ago when our culture understood pot ain't good for you. It doesn't make you more intelligent or it makes you downright dumb. We had names for people who consume cannabis, pothead, dope, stoner, Keanu Reeves. Those were names that we all agreed upon because we all intuitively understood that pot is not something that enhances anybody's performance. Cheech and Chong were popular in the 70s and the 80s. Today, we have done a 180. I doubt you could show a Cheech and Chong movie anywhere because the they, 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 they make people who smoke pot look so bad, and we're encouraged these days to encourage those who do smoke pot and make them look good. There was a very fascinating, detailed article by Leighton Woodhouse, how weed became the new OxyContin. Whoa, wait a second. That's a claim that if indeed the current pot is to be used for medicinal uses, which is how the thing is peddled a lot these days, or it's just recreational, the claim here is no, it's akin to OxyContin. Story time! From Dr. Libby, S-T-U-Y-T, we'll call her Libby. She is a recently retired addiction psychiatrist in Pueblo, Colorado, who've treated patients with severe drug dependency. Now, that was alcohol, heroin, meth. But five years ago, she began to notice something new, quote, I started seeing people with the worst psychosis symptoms that I've ever seen. Now, I'm not endorsing secular psychiatry. I'm just saying this woman's observations, I have no reason to doubt them. Why would she lie about such a thing? That people's hallucinations, their schizophrenia is worse than what she's ever seen? These cases were even more acute than what she'd seen from psychotic patients on meth. We all agree that ain't good. Some of the delusions were accompanied by severe violence. Oh, good. So instead of the current pot making people peaceful, it makes them bellicose. That means pot's safe for all of Colorado. (laughs) Except in Colorado Springs. Nobody smokes pot there, and I say that just because... We're on the radio in Colorado Springs, and I wouldn't want to unnecessarily offend anybody, but there's a whole lot of pot smoking going on in Colorado. The statistics are in. 
healthcare professionals throughout that glorious state and all over the country were seeing similar episodes. Let me introduce you to another story. Ben Court. He runs an addiction recovery center in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Watched a young man jump up on the table in the emergency department, strip naked, claiming he was God. No, not just God. He was Thor, the God of Thunder. Well, if you're going to pick your superhero, why not go with Thor? And he threatened to kill everyone in the room, including two police officers. What was he smoking? Pot. Not meth. Not not the crack. I don't know if there's a difference between meth and crack, but he was smoking pot. He was a collegiate athlete who had a psychotic episode and was shot five times by the police with a beanbag gun before he was subdued. What is a beanbag gun? Oh, those are those um, just little small beanbags. They don't kill you. They just. But that's like calling a slingshot a gun. <laughs> a gun should be a gun. At any rate, in Los Angeles County, a psychiatric social worker had a patient who climbed a 700-foot crane and considered jumping off of it, not because he was suicidal, but because he thought he was in the Matrix. (laughs) And they were smoking pot. What is the deal? Marijuana has changed. If it used to make you Cheech and Chong-like these days, seriously. It will make you crazy. And I mean, sort of like the universally accepted picture of crazy. Because remember, mental illnesses can manifest themselves in so many ways. And people with a mental illness, they can still function in society. They can be a functioning fill in the blank, whatever their issue is. They get they know how to pay their bills, etc. But their thinking is so out of whack in some area that they deal with that perhaps privately, but it doesn't affect their public. Well, guess what? That does not seem to be the case when it comes to the marijuana. It's causing people to go like cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Addiction medicine doctors and relatives of addicts say it has become a hardcore drug like cocaine and methamphetamines. Chronic use leads to the same outcomes commonly associated with those harder substances. Overdose, psychosis, suicidality. Hmm, maybe that's another reason that number is up. And yet it's been marketed as a kind of elixir and sold like candy for grown-ups. Here's the statistics specifically. In the 60s, you know, when Cheech and Chong were getting high, less than 2% THC. But as people who like to profit from people's weaknesses love to do, you increase the addictive element and you got yourself a customer for life. By the 90s, it was closer to 5%. By 2015, it was over 20%. Hold on. It just keeps going. They claim now from this article, the kinds of cannabis products that are sold online and at dispensaries contain no actual plant matter. (laughs) So to those Christians, and I've met you, who say pot smoking is okay. After all, it's, it's, an, it's a plant in the field and God gave us everything to enjoy. Not like that, he didn't. But they'll use that argument. Today's marijuana, it doesn't even have plant matter in it. It's made by putting pulverized marijuana into a tube and running butane, propane, ethanol, or carbon dioxide through it, which separates the THC from the rest of the plant. 
The end product is a wax that can be 70 to 80% THC. That wax then can be put into a vacuum oven and further concentrated into oils that are as much as 95 or 99% THC. That's the stuff that gets you toasted. There was another. Oh, man, he's he's just fried. That guy's just baked. We used to understand pot was bad for you. Today, we embrace it. We legalize it. And I believe it's 19 states. It's not just Colorado. And frankly, it's more common in states where it isn't legal. And remember, the foot in the door, the camel's nose under the tent is always medicinal. We'll tackle that in a minute. Known as dabs, this is what people put into their vape pens. That it has 95 to 95, 99% THC. And in states like California and Colorado, it's the word. We're on it and, and on the word in Colorado Springs. Yeah, that's right. Good station, good folks. Totally legal and easily available to children. Teenagers are dabbing a product that's three, four, or five times stronger and are often doing so multiple times a day. It's addictive, and over time, there's a significant chance it can drive you insane. Having full psychotic breaks, permanently schizophrenic, permanently bipolar, all of that from cannabis, because it has the highest conversion rate to schizophrenia of any substance higher than meth, higher than opioids, higher than LSD, to Danish studies, as well as a big study from Finland, Put your chances at close to 50% if you regularly smoke today's dope. Another word associated with marijuana. You never heard marijuana called Mensa Society. You never heard pot called valedictorian. Dope. Stoner. One out of every 20 daily users can expect to develop schizophrenia if they don't quit. But... That's almost impossible because of the THC in the marijuana, the addictive element. It, it, it's very difficult to break from it. So here's the irony. People will have some anxiety. They start smoking pot and then they decide to get off of it. So they get depressed. No, that's the response to trying to weed yourself off. Wean yourself. I said weed yourself. Wean yourself off of marijuana. It causes you to have a, a response to the detox process. So what do people do? They light them back up. Jimmy, I don't want to suggest what you want to send people for Christmas, but here's some options for you. Okay. From weed maps, you can buy cannabis in a joint, flour, vape, concentrate, cookie, brownie, corn nut, caramel corn, <laughs> jalapeno cheese cracker, rice crispy bar, macaroons what? that are loaded, pretzel bites, cereal, tincture, syrup, seltzer, iced tea, herbal tea, tonic, apple juice, on and on it goes. America, America, we are not getting smarter in any regard. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami 
vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. In November 2020, Tim Challies and his wife Aileen received the phone call every parent dreads. Their 20-year-old son Nick, while away at seminary, collapsed and died. As Tim and his wife traveled to Louisville, Tim began to do the only thing he knew to do to process his loss. He began to write. And now all of his writings, some of which have been shared publicly, some not until now for the first time, have all been compiled into his latest book, Seasons of Sorrow, The Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God. Seasons of Sorrow is a book for anyone that is loved and lost. It benefits those that are working through sorrow or those that are comforting others. You'll not only see how God is sovereign over loss, but how good he is in those moments. You'll discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith, and you'll learn biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations. Seasons of Sorrow, available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network over the local churches it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes providing food providing clothing potable water a safe place communication would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called tomorrow clubs you can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in eastern europe at tomorrowclubs.org wretched Important dates in Christian history 1793 William Carey sails as a missionary to India In the next 40 years He would oversee more Bible translations Than had previously been produced in all of Christian history This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel Physician, heal thyself I know that you probably have feelings about this going into it. I'm sure you do, those of you at home and those of you here. I I just ask everyone to really have an open mind and open heart about this. Great advice, Dr. Phil. You might want to take some of that medicine yourself. This is Wretched Radio. Lila Rose, she's home again. Rose, a Roman Catholic pro-life warrior, appeared on the Dr. Phil program. And wow, can we learn much, starting with, she's been reading Scott Klusendorf, or she's seen Life is Best, our 13-episode pro-life series available at Wretched.org. She is prepared to respond to all of the accusations. I say good honor for that. But the second thing I think we can learn 
is how she was so calm in the midst of a storm. Dr. Phil was pleading, hey, we got to be nice to one another. And I always encourage people to approach these things, even though you have some feelings about it, with some authentic curiosity. Uh huh. If you can really try and understand why the other side feels the way they do, at the same time, you try to get them to understand the way. Okay, can I just tell you? I'm sorry. He seems like a nice fellow. I'll bet he'd be interesting dinner company. But Dr. Phil, for the most part, is utterly worthless. He just offers nothing. Why would he? He's a secular psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever his doctor moniker represents, but he never has anything that's actually beneficial. Here's a test. This is how you know that what I just uttered is true. If Oprah Winfrey endorses you, you're probably not very biblical. And so it is. Dr. Phil should have taken some of his own advice and just simmered down during the debate that took place on the Dr. Phil program with Lila Rose keeping calm in the storm. I mean, Nancy, my heart broke when I heard your story. The story, by the way, is that a young child would have to have an abortion or that would have to deliver a child, how terrible that is. And so there was an audience member who was just ripping into Lila Rose. Listen to the calm. I mean, Nancy, my heart broke when I heard your story because the worst thing any mom wants to hear is that their baby is going to die. Their baby has a life-threatening illness. That is really stellar on her behalf. When somebody brings up the subject of a pregnancy that is the consequence of rape or incest, we got to be tender about it. We can't just know our clinical facts. Well, it's still a life. She is exhibiting some empathy and some compassion. And I think that if you're paying attention, you noticed a distinct difference between her and the audience member. And as you're going to hear, Dr. Phil. Um, my husband and I, we had a miscarriage about two years ago. There were some of the darkest huh. days of my life. And they were dark days because it was our child. You know, we knew this was a baby. And I think that's the fundamental point here is that this, we're talking about a baby. We're talking about a human life. And the probably position is that all humans have human rights. And the first right is life to not be killed. You know, from the moment of fertilization until natural death. <laughs> I thought... I heard one person in the audience try to clap. That got kiboshed really fast when that poor woman probably looked around and noticed she's the only one. So, you know, Nancy, you deserve better. You deserve better health care. There's perinatal hospice. There's palliative care so that your baby could be could die in the loving arms of their of their parents instead of at the abortionist tools. That is a model in calmness, especially when it started to get so dicey. Uh, Abortion is devastating for, to women's mental health. No one talks about that. The year after a woman has Do an you know abortion, it's really like the, the year after a woman to have the child. They, what kind of trauma is the that? Trauma is the trauma is from the rape. The trauma is from the rape. The child's an innocent party there. The child and is we don't born take out gener- it's not there. We, we should not take oh. out generational sin on a child to say there's generational sin and that dad was but an abuser so the child should be killed. This That's rate. not We're fair to the child. About rights. And he just yes. said, we've been taken, a right has been taken away from us. <laughs> and what is next? I want to address that because our fundamental human... Oh, she's just doing so well. 
Gotta give her a salute for this. The woman in the audience is quite troubled. I don't know her history or past, but she's quite agitated about the conversation. And Lila Rose is going to address a woman even who ultimately says it doesn't have a brain. Talking about a child in the womb. Right, that we all share in this room is life. It's the first human right. Laws are meant to protect the weak. In a society, who's the weakest? Who's the weakest in the society? A child. The poor. They don't have a voice. They can't speak. A child the in the room. That's or a weak. But poorest. a poor child we're would be the keep weakest. Them that way by and, a, and a child with disability. Listen, kids. whether you live 10 minutes or 10 years or 100 years. Gotta tell you, I don't know that I would have done as well. She is as calm as a cucumber. I have no idea what that means either. You're a human life and you have the right to not be killed. And that's what the pro-life fight is all about. That's what we're fighting for, a culture of life where we provide real health care. You know, abortion is the intentional destruction of an innocent but woman. Excellent. We can do better right than that. that for herself? A right to choose what? what a that, right to doesn't choose what? a woman have a right to do? choose what happens to her body? What- That's not Dr. Phil. This is a guest who's a pro-choicer. I believe a politician. In her body. There's another it, life know, we're talking about. Let's acknowledge the science. And, and, and I would defer to Christian. And- Did you catch that? Let's acknowledge the science. Good honor for slapping down the science card. Now, you but I will say this. You can't just be pro-fetus and not pro-life. But you're not being either. When it comes to the baby in the womb, applaud for that. After a lot of these children are born, all those legislators who vote for pro-life when the baby's inside the woman, then do nothing to vote to help them. Really? Really? You know, daycare, all these things, especially in marginalized communities. Okay, hold on. I can't speak for the government, although there are plenty of programs. I can speak for the church. We are very active in the lives of mothers who are in a what we call a crisis pregnancy mode. That's just a canard. That's a straw man. There's no consensus among the scientific Here we community. Go. There is, that, Dr. Phil. 96% well, no, actually, of there's scientists not. say that I, life begins at fertilization. Dr. Phil. I think we need to approach this with an open heart and an open mind and listen to where the other person is coming from so we can understand and not just steamroll them. There's no consensus among the scientific community. There is, Dr. Phil. 96% of scientists say that life begins at fertilization. If you're an in vitro specialist, you're looking to create a single cell embryo and then you know you have a new human life. She's right on. Dr. Phil can't have his credentials questioned. What I'm saying is the scientific community does not have a consensus about when life begins. It's simply inaccurate. It's simply inaccurate. That's not true. You can go to the body. A single cell embryo is a unique new human life. He's got nothing. You can go to the body of scientific literature and you can find neuroscientists who say that it begins when there is a detectable brainwave. But Dr. Phil, in an abortion, if it's not a human life, why do you have to kill it? Uh Uh-huh, because it's a life, and brainwaves are irrelevant. Of course, a neuroscientist would say that that's their bag, that's their thing. Of course, they would say brainwaves, but that's so arbitrary. Furthermore, if you were going hunting, You walk into the forest, uh, 
and somebody points and goes, hey, shoot that over there. And you say, well, what is it? And they say, I don't know. There's no consensus about it. Would you shoot? Nope. All I'm saying is there's not a consensus. And you're saying there is, and that's factually inaccurate. We can we can agree to disagree, but I will say, you know, when I was but pregnant... But the literature with, doesn't disagree. Well, we can... I, we should look it up. It's 96% of scientists have agreed when surveyed. But regardless of that point... There's a fact right there. Because it's a lot... Uh, growing things aren't innate. Only a life can grow. I think the question is, you know, we know deep down when you're pregnant, there's a new human life. You know, that's why it's so devastating for Nancy. Our miscarriage was so devastating. Nice. We all know that deep down. These are these are human beings. That's why it's so contentious. Mm. And listen, we, do we acknowledge that all humans have human rights? Because I think what your your question well, is I, about I is agree about with a lot of your points. I'm just I, saying it comes down to when that life begins. Hey, Phil. You ever been hunting before? Two, two quick things, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Um, the first thing is this. Abortion advocates have decided when life begins in their book. It's at birth. They say before birth, it's not a child, doesn't have human rights, can be killed at will right. for any reason. And then after birth, it magically becomes a human. That's not logical. That's not scientific. We know that human life begins before birth. It doesn't begin at birth. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a question for you, Christian, would be this. You know, the National Organization for Women, my understanding, your organization, supports abortion up until the moment of birth for any reason, taxpayer funded. Is that your position? Well, we believe people have a right to choose. There up it until is. the moment of birth for any reason. It's not for our organization or myself or anyone else or advocate to determine where they determine that point is for them. There's to be some music playing underneath that song and dance because that is nothing but chin boogie. It is nothing but deflecting the argument that life begins at conception. Well done. Roman Catholic Lila Rose content and tone. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Remember not so long ago when math was just postmodern? You know, two plus two can be seven if that's your truth. Well, now we've entered a new realm of odd. Math, as we know it, has been covertly white supremacist. Have you ever said two plus two equals four? Well, you're racist. Math is obviously Eurocentric and can no longer be seen as neutral. We have to gut the entire mathematical system and ensure that it is anti-racist. <laughs> These are real things being said by real people who hold real PhDs in this country. Okay, so call me uneducated or uninformed. Many of you do, or just under a rock. But until today, I don't think I've ever heard of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. But it is a real organization. And this very real organization has decided to remove the age recommendations for minors to receive permanent body mutilation. Oh, and here's the best part. The change was made, according to reports, so doctors wouldn't face malpractice lawsuits. You know, because obviously you've got to do all you can to protect the doctors so they can continue to harm and mutilate children. Okay, so this next story has a lot of components that would take far too long to explain. So I'm only going to focus on one portion of this story, which in no way at all gives the full breadth of the situation. The Denver City Council approved a contract last week to provide $12,000 per person to 140 transgender and non-gender conforming homeless people to help them find housing. 
Again, there are many components to this story, but my immediate question is, why transgender and non-gender conforming homeless? I, I don't know, I guess non-gender conforming homeless people are extra homeless? The latest presidential executive order, aka new wave legislation, calls for biotechnology that can quote, predictably program biology in the same way we write software and program cars. And this will only serve to open the floodgates to eugenics. And as a reminder, pray for our Methodist brothers and sisters around the world. This week, another sizable congregation voted to dissolve their affiliation with United Methodist Church. And as we know, a split has been happening within the denomination since 2019 over homosexual marriage and homosexual leadership among Methodist clergy. And I don't know the exact numbers. I'm not certain how many congregations have left the UMC thus far, but I would guess that number is fairly large. And also, this latest congregation most likely won't be the last. So again, remember, let's be praying for our Methodist brothers and sisters. And more Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Paul wrote the second letter to the Thessalonians to further encourage and instruct them in the face of persecution. Some Thessalonians feared that they had missed the Lord's return. Paul reminds them that God will punish those who persecute the church, and he will be faithful to return for his people. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Celebrity News! A.K.A. Gossip. This is Wretched Radio bringing you the hottest, the inside dish on your favorite celebrities. Well, at least Eminem. (laughs) If the history books are written before Jesus returns to answer the question, when did America fall? The answer, Eminem. Here it is. Headline. Eminem reaches number one on Billboard's Hot Christian Songs. It's the end of the world as we know it. Eminem, not known for his Christianity, even though it was reported that a number of years ago he would begin his concerts, according to Rapzilla. He called himself a rap god, would pray before his shows in the early 2000s, then he'd go out and rap some of the most profane hip-hop of all time. Well, now he's collaborating with some theological giants. He's working with Kanye West, DJ I'm going to look really out of it because I am DJ Khaled Khalid, K-H-A-L-E-D. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, So yeah. you're out of it, too? Uh, absolutely. At least you're still handsome. Uh, I like you say that so easy now. DJ Khaled is a professing Muslim. Decided to remix Kanye West's gospel song, Use This Gospel. From his Jesus is King album, the remix appears on DJ Fellow's new studio album, God Did, and was produced by Dr. Dre. Well, that, you you know what, you could almost expect a systematic theology to come out of those sessions. Couldn't you? Here are the lyrics to the Eminem song. Let's see if they make sense. And let's see what we might glean that is positive from the fact that a fellow who is spent a lot of time degrading society, all the while not allowing his own children to be exposed to the sludge he's produced. 
maybe there's maybe possibly there's a potential silver lining in this. I'm holding on, but I don't know if I can take it much longer. Today's the day that I put all of my trust and faith in you, Father. Well, that's that's, that's good. good. Yeah. Please let this hate make me stronger, for they turn on me like a zombie. That's some rapping, right? Me, zombie, right there. <laughs> it's like I'm being strangled unconscious when temptation is almost like Satan is making you trina, trina, T-R-Y-N-A, trying to take you from your daughters, dangling a bunch of painkillers on you. All right. So it it isn't, um, let's just say it's not the Gettys. But... <laughs> There's some truth going on in there, a little bit, not all of it, but so my Savior, verse 2 apparently, so my Savior I call on to rescue me from these depths of despair, so these demons better stop because he is my shepherd. Well, that ain't bad, I just don't know how DJ Khaled, Khalid, Khaled, 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 would feel about that as a Muslim. I'm armed with Jesus. My weapon is prayer. Soon as I squeeze it. Huh. He had to find something that rhymed. Yeah, I guess so. I'm blessed like sneezes. Gesundheit <laughs> to the Eminem fella. Call me Jesus. I'm bleep in the head. Maybe I'm bonkers. Regardless, never claim to be flawless. Long as the mistakes I've acknowledged. Okay. Um, you're right. Not flawless. I have noticed, however, that sentiment is used to justify a whole lot of sinning going on. Hey, nobody said Christians were perfect past the bong, would you? Bible at my side like a rifle. Now, I'm surprised that that didn't get tagged as a trigger sentiment right there. Bible at my side like a rifle with a God-given gift every single day I thank God for. Mm, grammar. That's why I pay so much Homage, praises to Jesus, I'll always. Okay, what do you do with that? Well, nobody knows what's going on in Eminem's life, but apparently he is at least getting exposed to some Christian truth. How will we know if Eminem really is born again? You'll know. 2 Corinthians 7 describes the man that is truly penitent, doesn't keep dropping F-bombs, in, air quote, gospel music. He doesn't continue receiving royalties from the filth that he has downloaded into the earbuds of millions and millions of young people. I guess some old people, too. You know, when I was young, this is, this is another change in our culture, Jimmy. See if you've noticed this. Okay. If I were pulling up to a stoplight and there were a bunch of cars there, I turned down my radio because I wouldn't want people to hear what I'm listening to. Today, the opposite is true. Oh, for sure. Crank it, baby. And the bass. Hell yeah. Sorry. You just, you can't help but be a Karen. Do you know what that's going to do to your ears, young man? <laughs> turn down the bass. Pump up the jam, but turn down the bass. <laughs> Who says we're not current and hip and contemporary? Eminem will exhibit some signs. That will be unmistakable. He will stop doing some things and he'll start doing other things. That's biblical repentance. 
It is a change and a willingness to say, no, that, I'm so sorry for that. And he would actually work to clean up the mess that he himself made. That's genuine repentance. That is when you acknowledge, hey, look, what I've been doing, it's been very bad. I know that now because I know Jesus and I know what the right standard is and I fell short and I'm sorry that I encouraged really bad behavior in your children and I apologize to you if you used me to support your bad lifestyle. I'm sorry. When Eminem gets saved, we'll know it when he makes the effort to be as public about his faith as he does his sludge. Celebrity news and entertainment. Joe Scarborough, I guess he's a celebrity, claiming Jesus never said anything about killing children. You're right, Joe. He didn't say anything about abortion or killing children. He did, however, he lifted little children and put them on his knee because they were precious, even though culturally a rabbi shouldn't do such things. But he did. Why? Because God loves the little children. So did Jesus. And that includes the children in the womb. Furthermore, Jesus didn't talk about rape either. Does that mean that we can get away with committing that crime because Jesus didn't talk about a specific sin? No, because the entire Bible is Jesus. There are no red letters. There are no black letters. There are just letters. It's God's word. He doesn't need to say it in red letters to make it more true than the black letters. Joe Scarborough told the audience on Friday morning that Jesus deliberately avoided saying anything about the sanctity of unborn life. Oh, he deliberately did that, did he? Okay. Despite being what he said is a backsliding Southern Baptist. <laughs> I'm not a Southern Baptist, but if you're going, Joe, just accelerate it. <laughs> Slip down a little faster. Said he still knows the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that the sacred text, most central figure, Jesus, never once tasked his followers with protecting life in the womb. Didn't have to because we all got it. Even barbarians understood this. Despite being a backsliding Southern Baptist, he said Jesus never once talked about abortion. Never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. You're right. And so was the placing of children or the elderly into the middle of a field where they would languish and die. He didn't talk about that. You okay with that, Joe? Going to use that excuse to justify the taking of a innocent human life? <sighs> Backsliding. Both the Old and New Testament portions of the Bible acknowledge and refer to life in the womb as sacred. That is why harm to an unborn Hebrew child was met with swift financial punishment as described in Exodus 21. It also ignores first and second century Christian teachings like the Didache. If you're going to read any pseudepigraphal literature, the Didache is probably maybe the shepherd of Hermas. Is, is at least instructive. How did the early church think? The Didache, particularly when it comes to worship, you get to see how was it organized back then. We might learn from that, recognizing it is not on the same par as inspired and authorized scripture. But the Didache, letter of Barnabas, the early church condemned the killing of children, unborn or born. Joe Scarborough continued People perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue are guilty of heresy. 
Do you smell that? It's inverted reality again. We're the, we're the ones who have historically held on to a biblical posture of life, the sanctity of even babies in the womb. But because we now say you shouldn't snuff out that life, we're guilty of heresy. <laughs> it just doesn't cease to stagger me these days. What's up is down. What's black is white. That is the world we're living in. Thanks, Joe, for reminding us. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable Biblical Health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff second of all you can save on average $500 per month and finally MediShare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years it works and the members including myself and Mrs. Friel love it which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance if inflation has got you down call up the people at MediShare 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate your time. Did you know there is actually something in existence that gives you information on things happening at Wretched? Things like upcoming product launches or details on upcoming seasons of our productions of Wretched Radio, Wretched TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread. Also, information on job openings here at Wretched. Information on upcoming sales in the Wretched store. What I'm referring to is the monthly Wretched newsletter. If you're not already receiving the Wretched newsletter, you're missing out on all of these things and more. The Wretched Newsletter also contains thorough and in-depth messages on a wide range of theological topics, and that's not all. As a Wretched Newsletter subscriber, you're also eligible for resources that we give away daily here at Wretched. So sign up and don't miss out on any of this stuff by becoming a Wretched Newsletter subscriber by visiting our website at wretched.org, scroll to the bottom of the page, and fill out the form. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. 
When reading the Bible, begin with these three questions. What does it say? What does it mean? What difference does it make? Many common mistakes can be avoided with basic hermeneutics. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Get ready. Wretched Radio is going to be famous. This is Wretched Radio. One handsome Jimmy Hicks <laughs> might be making the news as early as today. You could be famous, Jimmy. I could be. You keep up this Christian parenting and you could be in the Hooskow. There could be pictures. It could... Hey, wait a second. This could help us get views. Never mind. Get arrested. (laughs) Got to get them views. I'll tell you as soon as you make the decision, if you are in social media, we got to get the views. You are going to go wonky super fast. You need to create Christian content that is solid. Leave it up to the Lord to determine how many views you get. But as soon as you make your goal something, then the course on the way there is going to get crooked. That's a pragmatic mindset, and we need to abandon it, especially in the church. Hey, we need 10,000 people at this church. Well, congratulations. You are then going to do anything necessary to get there. We reject utilitarianism. And Jimmy, was your email rejected by the teacher when you sent her a little note because? Uh, Because... um my fifth grader uh, came home and explained that he was doing mindfulness. Ah, of course, he didn't know the word. He didn't no, know what it was called. They but, don't use it. Right. That's on. That's intentional. Right. But they are breathing in and breathing out mm-hmm. and um, picking and smelling imaginary flowers. I don't get, but um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> What's the matter with that exactly? <laughs> it's to calm them because they believe that the kids have monkey brains. Jumping around like a little rhesus monkey. Is that where we get the Peter bu- peanut butter cups from? I hope not, because those little nasty creatures, they're terrifying, aren't they? They jump up on your balcony when you're on vacation, and they take your food away from them, and they get all... <laughs> not to mention the whole monkeypox business. So your son uh-huh. is doing the mindfulness. Right. You send an email which stated... Yeah, so I emailed her uh, Friday that said that, you know, this is what my son told me. I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset with you. Um, th- but this is not um, how we raise our child. This is not the biblical worldview. We okay, in- hold on a second. I, I don't know that I, w- I could or would have said that. Why? That I'm not upset with you. Okay. I, no, I mean, I realize what you were doing. Right. I think tactically that's smart. I just don't know that my heart would be able to say that because mm. I would be upset. Hell yeah. And I'm sure you were. Oh, yeah, I'm upset, but... Um, I didn't want to start that way. Right, that's right. That's right. All right. So you 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 give a little Pauline salute. Right. And then you said, we don't do that at home. Right. We don't do that. Um, I'm not telling you to change your teaching style. Um, but That's a smart move. But, um, you know, this is not what we do. And so I would appreciate it if, um, if this is what's going to be happening the rest of the year, that my child not be a part of it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I think every parent should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, the response from the teacher was... Yes, this morning, she uh, she told me she'd be calling me this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so this could get interesting, and Jimmy could be in the news very soon. Are you going to go to the mattresses on this? Well, my first question, are you a good person? All right. <laughs> You're going to do it, are you? I think so. 
She's, you know what, If there's a plenty of Christians who just don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't think it through. They don't ask anything about the programs that they're told to download into the kids. They're desperate for behavioral modification. They can't discipline the kids in any way, shape, or form. Respect for elders, that went flying out the window decades ago. They need something. And so what did they pick? Thank you, Goldie Hahn. Thank you, John Kabat-Zinn. They chose Hinduism. That's what mindfulness is. It is Hinduism from MidwestOutreach.org. Taming the monkey. It's monkey brain. It's, it's, did I say Hinduism? I meant Buddhism. Well, probably both. It, it, it's, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a Buddhist concept and practice. Yeah, John Kabat-Zinn, he's a first-rate Buddhist. It's meditation designed to cultivate detachment. Defined as the moment-by-moment non-judgmental awareness of the present. So it's emptying your brain, detaching yourself from desires, calming your monkey brain, which chatters all the time. Life in this world is suffering. That's the Buddhist teaching. Suffering is caused by desire for and attachment to this world, which will continue the cycle of rebirths into this world. There's no knowledge of who handles that accounting program. The remedy for suffering is to cultivate detachment and thereby to reach enlightenment. The final goal is nirvana, the state of release from the cycle of rebirth and suffering. Nirvana means to extinguish. That's what they're doing with your kids. Now, if you call up the school, they're going to deny that they're doing mindfulness because it has a myriad of names to deceive parents into going, wait a second, that's Buddhism. Or if you're a dumb talk show host, Hinduism. That ain't right. And that's religion. And I would encourage you, if this is going on in your school, church and state, Make this a church and state issue. What is a state-run organization doing practicing Buddhism with my child? Look, I'm not the type to sue, but there could be those who are. I would hate to see the school have to pay a big old lawsuit because they were practicing religion during school hours. This is prevalent. This is this is and this is going on in the military. It's going on in the halls of power. From the article, the world as it is perceived in Buddhist thinking is not substantially real. The individual self has no permanent reality. Feelings, thoughts, physical sensations, and sense of identity have fooled us into thinking we actually exist as an individual. Continuing to believe this allegedly keeps us trapped in this life and the cycle of rebirth. So this is not real because of our individualistic nature. You're not an individual. You're a part of the great big nothingness. Your job is to find your way back to it to get reconnected so that you cease to exist, basically. That's Buddhism. That's what mindfulness is doing. Desire, which is a grasping at or attachment to this world, is the cause of suffering in Buddhist thinking. So detachment has to be cultivated. Mainly through mindfulness. Why? Because the mind, being a part of this in name only reality, thoughts are in the way of realizing the true nature of reality and self. So you got to get rid of thoughts. Don't think. Isn't that funny? In the schools, they're teaching our kids to not think <laughs> That's right. about anything. 
And unfortunately, a lot of parents aren't thinking about what is happening in their public school. The promotion of mindfulness includes the commonly heard maxim, be in the present. That's Oprah. You don't suppose she's helped with this, do you? Because you need to become detached from the past and the future. Practicing mindfulness as moment-to-moment, non-judgmental awareness prepares one, supposedly, for a breakthrough in perception. An awakening to the realization that ultimate reality is formlessness, devoid of any form or structure. Huh? It's called sunyata, which means emptiness. Mindfulness is emphasized, particularly in Zen Buddhism. Sitting still. (sighs) Observe the breath. Be aware only of the present moment. Let thoughts pass by without entertaining them. There's no permanent content to the present moment. Let it go. And eventually a state of no thinking is reached. That's the, that's the Buddhist goal. Yeah. And that's what they're teaching kids. And it does it work? I mean, does it have any effect on the kids? Well, the truth is it can. I mean, you get a kid to sit down, calm down, quit your brain from racing. It could temporarily bring a little bit of peace in the classroom. There's no scientific study to support that it does, other than perhaps some subjective observations. But this is this is religion. This is more than just getting the kids to calm down. This is getting the kids to enter into a mindless state because that is what it is. It's Buddhism. You might see the term monkey mind popping up. Mindfulness, the thinking is targeted at a chattering monkey. Thoughts are chatter, and meditation is used to tame the monkey and silence the monkey mind so that it can become a Buddha mind. Nice. Here's a summary of the whole affair. Mindfulness meditation is therefore the Buddhist way to tame the so-called chattering mind and uncover the silent Buddha mind underneath all the rising and falling of this perceived reality. It was not designed for stress reduction or to be a trendy dabbling for harried Westerners. It is rigorously religious and strictly spiritual. Here's something you could ask your teacher. Hey, do you mind if we have bread and wine with the kids? It's not a communion service, but we're going to invoke Jesus and we're going to talk about his death, burial, and resurrection and the night he was betrayed. But it's not religious. We've, we've, it's not that. It's just the kids. Yeah. It calms them down. And it keeps them from being hungry and rumbly in their tummies, which means they're going to behave better. But it's not religious. Well, it is. And mindfulness by any other name is religious, specifically Buddhism. Do you know what your kids are being fed, mom and dad? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.